Welcome everyone to the One More Game Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeremy Culver, aka Darcy, and with me is Texas's most wanted, Isaac Campos. Isaac, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's there's a cold front that came through, so it's like really cold. Well, really cold for me. It's like 50 degrees. <laughs> so I don't know. But that's probably not that cold for you, but it's really cold for me. So I'm just kind of, you know, trying to stay cozy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not not much. I started my new job. Well, I'm training, I guess. I'm in like the middle of training. Okay. Um, so that's exciting. Not much going on there, really. It's mainly it's basically orientation. Like, hey, these are our policies or whatever. Mm. Um, so it's just that. But yeah, uh, I don't know. What about yeah. you? How was the wedding last weekend? Uh wedding was good. Obviously, uh my friend and his now wife uh did had a, a nice short and sweet ceremony it was it was uh beautiful and i will i will admit i'm one of those people that like i i get emotional and when i see other people cry it makes me more emotional and like gets me to that point of crying and so um how the the wedding was set set up so when i was standing up uh you know at in the 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 party um i couldn't see my friend but i could see his wife's face and when she was reading her vows, she started to tear up, of course. And so it started to make me tear up. But luckily, the person in front of me is one of my other friends named Lee. And he's like six something, six foot something. He's really tall. And so like I was able to just take like a slight step over and his shoulder blocked her face. I was like, man, I'm good. We're going to get through this whole ceremony and we're going to be fine. Then... I hear my friend start to give his vows and he starts to cry and I could like, I don't see it. I just hear it. And I'm like, Oh no. And like, I can feel the tears welling up. And then I hear this noise and I look over and then there's his mom just losing it. And I was like, Oh, tears are going to come. So I had to stare to the sky. Just like, I don't Nope, You ain't letting <laughs> tears fall. <laughs> You're going to get through this. <laughs> it's all good, man. So it's good to cry. You know, it's, I mean, it's whatever. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was a good it was a good ceremony, a good time, and uh, of course it was also good going back and seeing my my family. I hadn't seen them in uh, since Memorial Day weekend, so mm-hmm. you know it was kind of a a good thing there. Uh, going back to what you said earlier, I will admit fifty degrees is not too cold, but I it is one of those things where fifty degrees in spring doesn't feel cold. Fifty degrees in like fall winter time, that does feel cold because we it's just came is, off of summer, you know. So, it's cloudy outside, so there's like no sun. Like, yep. you know, you're not getting the warmth from the sun. Yep. You know, I I lived I, I lived in Southern California and Texas my entire life. So I'm not I'm I don't do like well with like super cold extreme. Every once in a while Texas will get, you know, like last year, for example, it got to like the single digit degrees you know like five degrees or something uh-huh. i was just, and and there was blackouts too so we didn't even have the the heater oh my god i was dying i was like wrapped up in like two th- two or three blankets with a hoodie on um for like the whole day because <laughs> there's nothing to do <laughs> yeah I'll, t- I'll tell you right now it is gloomy outside here too and last i checked yeah it is uh 48 degrees here it was 30 something degrees this morning so yeah, it's cold. It's cold up here as well. But everyone, yeah. I hope it's warm where you're at. But 
if you're if it's not warm, maybe you're snuggled up in a blanket or you know inside your car with the heater up, and you're gonna be tuning in here to the One More Game podcast, which we really appreciate you being here again. This is the One More Game podcast, a podcast centered around making sure you're informed about all the video game news happening all around the world, whether it's Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation, or PC. If there's news that you need to know about, we'll make sure that you know about it. When you are listening to this podcast on your respective services, please make sure you hit the subscribe button or the follow button, depending on what your service offers. And if your podcast service allows reviews, please leave a five-star review and tell everyone why you love the One More Game podcast, because we really enjoy bringing this to you each and every Friday. If you are new here, welcome to the One More Game Podcast. I hope you enjoy your stay. If you are returning, you already know what it is. We start every single podcast talking all, talking about what we've been playing lately. So, Isaac, what have you been playing lately? Honestly, not much. I just felt lazy this, this whole week. I mean, I played more back for blood, you know, nothing you report there. It's, just, it's a lot of fun with your friends. Maybe we'll play this weekend now that you... Yeah, um, I should a wedding. I I will be uh, here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh so maybe we, yeah, we'll, we'll get in there. Um you know, it's, uh, we didn't progress too much further again cuz again, it's like four of us and then like with the group I'm playing with, um trying to get everybody scheduled lined up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so we don't get to play a lot, but we're like in chapter 2 now and I mean, it's just a lot of fun. You unlock more cards. The like I think I mentioned this last week. Yeah, once you start getting more cards and like you start um like you know why like i said i got a group so it, it the, the the veteran difficulty isn't too bad um but it does take you know the, the initial the initial jump from rookie to veteran it does smack you in the face like this is very difficult um and then i did play a little bit solo and then in solo yeah veteran feels a lot harder because you know you're not coordinated or anything everybody's just scattered around um so yeah, but but again, back for blood. You got game pass. You got a group of friends. Go yeah, just just go ahead and play it. Um, the other thing, because I felt so lazy, I, I mean I just played more Animal Crossing. <laughs> I don't know oh, what to tell you. It's just it's just I mean I don't know. It's just you know I just like sitting on the couch with you know my handheld in handheld mode, and then you know just collecting rocks, chopping some wood, selling some fruit, you know. This turnip lady, she's trying to scam me, you know. Like, there's like this turnip stock market or something. Oh, uh, Maisie, right? Isn't it Maisie? I, I don't, I don't know. You, you, you might be right. Who knows? I'll, I'll take your word for it. But uh, turnip stocks. <laughs> the stock market is what they call it. <laughs> yeah, the stock market. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I bought them for like I think a hundred and it was oh, like a hundred and thirty. And so far, I mean, it, like it's been like because you can sell. So you buy them on Sunday, right? From like eight a.m. to like twelve. 12 p.m. or something mm-hmm. and then throughout the week you can sell them to the store <laughs> and it's like it's like you know the price fluctuates so it's you know you're taking a risk but man it, it's always been like all right 60 or like 70 for 70 bells for it so you know i'm taking a loss there so i don't, yeah. I don't know what i'm gonna I do t- i will tell you this man just for future reference if she says anything in that turnips and it starts with 100 you don't buy don't buy. It. Oh really? <laughs> like the highest, the highest I've ever seen, uh, Timmy and Tommy buy the turnips for was a hundred and sixteen, a hundred and twenty, uh, bells per turnip. So anytime I see a hundred, I just basically I'm like, nope. Okay. Like, uh, I know I have a friend that, I, that 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 plays it, and she she said that there was there because she has other friends that play it, and she said that every once in a while you can sell them for like four or five hundred bells. Yeah. So what but it's, she, that seems very rare. It is rare, and what I'm assuming is because my 
so obviously my wife plays this and then she has a friend that plays it um the friend that plays it is one of those that like uses the like online I don't know it's like if it's an online group or an online app but they do where they like they find out which islander has the highest price uh, selling of the turnips, and then yeah, everyone will come visit yeah, everybody that person. Just join them <laughs> yeah, to, to sell them. I don't so. know if do all of that because uh, I mean there are ways to like cheat the system as well. You can like of time course. travel. There's, there's they like they call it time traveling. You just change the clock on your switch. But I don't, I don't know. I don't. I just don't feel like doing all that. But I don't know. It's, yeah, Animal Crossing. It's a. I, I like I said last week. I bought this game when it came out. It was in the middle of the pandemic when it when it released and i was i was just curious like well what is the what is the deal with animal crossing and I, you know i get it now it's just it's busy work <laughs> and if you're feeling lazy you can just sit on the couch and just you know chop some wood craft some items you know hey tom nook you know so you know it's a good time uh two quick things i just want to say one uh, it's perfect timing that you're playing it because the new dlc is come came out today so you can know. you can go play that and the brand new update if you didn't want to buy the DLC, which has a ton of content in there, they actually released early. That was going to be. Is obvi. this the free one or is yes. this the paid one? Well, it's uh. it's it's both, so to speak. So the free update came out the same day, or was supposed to come out the same day as the DLC. However, again, I didn't put it in the story list because by the time the episode posts, uh, right. everyone already got it. But uh, Nintendo accidentally released the free update two days early. So anyone that was yeah, playing, was starting today. to play on Wednesday, uh, was able to to start playing. Yeah, there. I noticed an update today. I just didn't yep. know what what new stuff was there. Yeah, and so, I don't know if I'll buy though, because again, I don't know how long I'm gonna play this. I'm sure I'll get bored with it at some point. All right. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing is, I do have to say this before we move on. Uh, if anyone is really interested in in Animal Crossing, you should go listen to. Uh, T Pain's uh them bells on Spotify. It, and you will love that song. It's actually a really, really good catchy song. <laughs> like go, That's hilarious. go listen to that song because it's about Animal Crossing. Didn't he hilarious. have like this whole th- he had like a big stream on Twitch, right? And it was like Animal Crossing. He yeah. was I don't know exactly what he was doing, but he was playing Animal Crossing for a while when it first came out. Yeah, that's where he came up with that song. Yeah. <laughs> it was through that's those funny. streams. Um, yeah, for myself, I've played I I played a lot of various games this weekend. So I did I did play as I had mentioned prior, um, Star Ocean uh, First Departure R uh, while I was back home. So I played that and back on the trip, and then when I returned back to the house. I've just continued playing it because I'm really enjoying it. I've been enjoying it from the beginning, but I kind of got distracted by some other games. And I'm it's one of the games that, based off of when it first came out, where games didn't take as long to beat, and two, just based on doing like Google searches, it's the one that I could get through fastest out of all the ones that I'm playing. So I'm kind of putting more time into it to try to get that one cleared um before i move on to like another game but i'm really enjoying it i'm about 12 hours in now 13 hours in so i'm about halfway through the game and uh you know it's if you've never played a star ocean before it's basically you're you're traveling the the globe in this one in other ones you travel the galaxy but in this one you travel the globe and you are trying to solve a 
intergalactic problem that's going on. Uh, sounds hard. I'm trying not to spoil things because it is one of the more recent ones to come out, so you can always go pick it up. And I, it's on PlayStation, on Switch. That's where I'm playing it on PC as well, if I remember correctly. And I don't know if it's on Xbox, but it's on at least PlayStation and Switch. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing that. I also picked up Voice of Cards. So, like I said on the last podcast, I was planning to play that some. I did. I'm really enjoying it. I'm liking what, I, what I've been playing so far. And it's that's one I definitely think if you're a fan of, like, RPGs but also a fan of card games... I would totally get it. And the reason why I bring up the card game aspect is simply because the entire story, everything, is told through cards. And so when I when I say that, just to give an idea, like the map on screen is literally a bunch of cards next to each other. And that's how and you move like a, a puzzle piece moving through it. And then like when you do events and attacks and stuff, there's there's cards to it um it's it's great it's really really good really polished it's about i think it's 30 bucks it's on playstation switch and on pc and yeah it's it's a lot of fun and it comes from the the creative mind of yoko taro the uh person who created the near series and some of the dragon guard i don't remember if he made all of the dragon guard games but he made some of the dragon guard games so that's it's a lot of fun and then i played a little bit of star ocean the last hope i'm trying to think of everything i played this week i played that a little bit because my wife two different star ocean games well basically my wife was playing the switch which is where my star ocean was and i wanted Mm -hmm. to play star ocean so i was out here on the computer trying to figure out what i wanted to play that night and i had bought star ocean the last hope which is the uh, fourth Star Ocean in the series. And it's one that I never played because when it originally came out, it was an Xbox exclusive. And by the time it came to PS3, I just never picked it up. So now I have it on PC and, of course, eventually plan to play it. And it just kind of was like, you know, it's just one of those things where I was in the mood to play Star Ocean and she was on the Switch. And so I just was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to go ahead and start playing this. So I played that for about an hour or so, hour 15 before going to bed that night. Um, and yeah, it's it's fun as well. Obviously, it is much more modern than, you know, right. Star Ocean, First Departure. But um yeah, it's it's good too. I but again, I've only I'm only like an hour in, so I can't I can't say too much about that game. But I do know that one's a long one. I think I looked online before, and that one takes about fifty hours to beat. And so that's why I kind of held off on playing that one just yet because of you know that's going to take quite the investment to get through. <laughs> to this is why you always have a backlog. You don't you you like dabble in too many things. <laughs> it's just focus <laughs> on one game, man. I'm trying, but it's again like I've told you guys in past episodes, and I've told you too, Isaac. I I basically have games based off of where I'm at for the night. So like if I'm out in the living room, I have certain games that I play out there. If I'm here in the computer room then i have certain games to play in here and then sometimes you know it's just like you know like you're feeling with the animal crossing thing where it's just like you know what there's this game that i'm playing so like for instance it was death stranding and i've just kind of been like i just don't 
I just don't feel like playing Death Stranding at the moment. So, like, I want to play something yeah. else that, like, you know, tickles my fancy, basically. So, right. Yeah. Also, one last thing I wanted to throw out that I played, you know, well, this was last week, but um, I forgot to mention. Um, I did the Grandmaster, the Corrupted G and Grandmaster Nightfall in, uh, in Destiny. So, if you know, you know. That's all I want to say. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> all right. I guess we'll <laughs> leave it on that one because we've been talking about what we've been playing lately a lot. So, let's get over to our gaming catalog where we're going to talk about Elden Ring and what we saw earlier today. I mean, obviously, it happened, we record on Thursdays. Uh, EA saying they know what's coming for the future of the video game industry. Sony investing in a, another company and Take-Two cancels an unannounced game. That's all coming up here on the One More Game Podcast, but we're going to get started right away with the big story. And this is more going to be straight to discussion. I'm not really going to talk about off of an article, but this is the Elden Ring walkthrough. So, Bandai Namco and From Software held a stream earlier today, or of course when you guys are listening to this yesterday, on Elden Ring and what we can expect when the game comes out in Febu- February, right? February? I know it got pushed back. I can't remember what yeah, the new February. date is. I'm going to look real quick. What is, do you remember what the new date is off the top of Not your head? Not off the top of my head, no. Um, new date is February 25th, so when we get to finally play it on February 25th. And so it kind of showed you different aspects of the game, uh, different, uh, like the map and how it looked, how the character moves around. You got to see some signs of character customization off of it because of the different uh, attire that the character was wearing changed depending on the, uh, I guess, part of the walkthrough that you were seeing. We got a first look at uh, one of the bosses. I can't remember what his real name or his first name was but he was called the golden lord if i remember correctly um there was there was quite a bit that was showcased through it all isaac i know that you've been extremely excited for elden ring we've talked about it numerous times here on the podcast so first off how what did the walkthrough do to you did it increase your excitement did it decrease your excitement did it stay about the same but then two just talk to me about what was your takeaways from the walkthrough how did you like what was presented today i mean my excitement stayed the same because i i again i don't think i can be more excited for this game i was sold on it from the start um I mean, FromSoft, I'm just a front. Like, I haven't played all FromSoft games, but just more recently, starting with Bloodborne, then Sekiro, um, and even Dark Souls 3, I just, I've just been a fan of FromSoft. Um, but like I said, it, my expectations stayed the same. Uh, I was a little, from what I saw, I was a little, when I initially um, heard about the open world, I was the only worry I had was okay, so like, what is a Dark Souls or Souls like game um, look like in an open world? And I mean, it, it, from what i saw today it looks it looks it's you know it's not you just are you're gonna run around everywhere you can you know choose your own adventure there was a little bit of guidance um when you hit the little oh man, i forgot what they were called in this game but the little bonfires you know oh yeah you rest, it, uh, kind of guide you. talking about I, it i'll find it real quick yeah um so it'll kind of guide you so you know you're not just kind of you know roaming around aimlessly out there um but the world it looked great uh you know graphically i know some people are like graphics whores uh i'm not a graphics whore and i don't mean that (laughs) in a bad way i'm just saying i'm not too big on 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 graphics i'm more about like the art style and i really like the art style um the 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 monster design is, is is i mean it's from soft it's always been great um 
but yeah, then like I said, it it is like open world. But once you go to like the dungeon areas and like when, or for example, when they went to like the castle area, it felt more traditional souls, right? Like you got the corridors in, and the enemies just coming around corners. Um, so it, that that is still there. Um, and then I mean, the, the the horse with the double jump. I don't know why it just does it for me. I just thought that was really cool. <laughs> just seeing the horse <laughs> double jump for some reason. And then you know, then we got to see some of the combat. Um, again, some of the like the creature designs. They've always been great. They had like some one one of them had like a, a dragon head as a weapon. Like it'll like open up and spit fire. It was it was crazy. But yeah, the combat it looks great. Like when when th that traditional like souls, uh, when you hit an enemy, it just feels chunky. You know, it just you know, I don't know, I don't know how to make the sound effect, but it it, <laughs> it, 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 it 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 just it just feels it just sounded good when when you're hitting the enemy. You got the dodges, you know, that I love a good dodge. Um there I think I saw Perry in there. Um, yes, pairing there has always parry. felt yeah. The pairing has always felt good in those games. Well, the, the few that I've played at least. Um, and then they had the the horse combat as well. Like you know, he was riding on the horse and like he was shooting at the dragon and doing all these type of things. And then there was like a um, I, I know Souls games have had like spells before, but it seems there there's like more spells in this game. Yeah, um, I thought that was a big takeaway for me too. Yeah, he, he did like this beam, and like they were doing like conjuring, like summoning like ghosts and <laughs> like ghost people to fight for you or something. Um, so I thought that was really cool. So it, it's really making me think. I I like. I'm sure there's gonna be like builds. Like, do you want to build into like a heavy sword or a, you know like a, a dexterity type of sword or? Or different types of weapons, and it's really making me think um, to go for, for for like this like some sort of spell build, just because like the spells look so cool. Mm -hmm. um, also, I saw some sneaking around, which is um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I played Sekiro that way a little bit. There were certain areas where I'll just try to sneak around and take as many enemies as I can, or as I could before you know I would have to fight everybody. Um, so there was some sneaking around in this one, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I. <laughs> I can't be more excited for this game. I'm I was sold day one when they showed, um, you know, from Soft. <laughs> you know what? I, really, I just remember they haven't really focused on this. You remember the initial reveal? It was like from Soft and George R R Martin. What happened to that? Is he still helping with this? Like, I don't yeah, even know. They, they don't really focus on that anymore. They mentioned that uh, again at the reveal for. Um, for summer game fest like when it mm -hmm. kind of like we got that long longer extended trailer at summer game fest i remember it having it on there but you're right ever since that one i have not seen it so i don't know how much it, he's like playing a part in anything right. now like moving because it feels like that's was something i mean i get at the time of the initial reveal game of thrones was one of the biggest things yeah Just in, in, in tv right um so i guess i back then that name had and it still does, you know. The show turned out what it turned out to be, but um, yeah, I just I just thought it was weird. Like I, mean, I forgot, I just thought about it now. Like they don't really focus on that anymore. I don't even know if he's involved in it. But yeah, it seems like they just he might be a consultant. I don't think he's writing, you know, the story, but um, he might be just a more of a consultant. But yeah, I'm super excited. I'm going to bef I will just you know talk about my thoughts before we kind of go back and forth and stuff. But I'm gonna get my one gripe out of the way. All right. Mm -hmm. And I just, I already know that some people, they're already spamming the typing. It's just getting ready to rage at me. But hear me out. I did not like the presentation. But not 
the game itself. Just how they did the presentation just really drove me nuts. Like, the fact that they would be like, oh, here's like five seconds, then all of a sudden it's like, cut to black. Here's like another five seconds or something, cut to black. And there was no, like, seamless, like, dialogue explanation going on, just like randomly all of a sudden, and it would be like, and you get to do this in the game. And then there'd be like, you know, three minutes of nothing, and then all of a sudden that got the voice would pop back in again and be like, and you also can do this. (laughs) I didn't like that. But when I... Of the actual game, man, this this has jumped up my my list of oh. muskets. I I feel like after, after watching that whole thing, I was just like, you know what, this looks gorgeous. Everything about this really, like, I guess hits th- you know aspects that I really um, enjoy, like. I, I felt like, so for instance, using Bloodborne, because Bloodborne's the only one that I've really put, you know, uh, several hours into. Like, I mm-hmm. won't even say, because I haven't even beaten Bloodborne, but just, I put more time into Bloodborne than anything. I still feel like in Bloodborne, and I know you can, of course, build differently on, like, how you want your character to to do, and if you want to use, like, you know, your your large axe, uh, uh, or, like... Yeah, right? Because you could your blade can yeah. change. Like you can use like the large axe if you want to use it all the time, or if you want to use your quick attacks most of your time. Like you could do those things. But I loved that like this really showed just like I guess the the um the breadth of customability that you can do. And then I also liked even though some people may not have like really paid attention to it, but I made mention to it at you know at first is I am I am truly not a huge fan of the character design for the main character. And then what I finally saw in that trailer, you know, I think it was like about two minutes in, all of a sudden they went from wearing that like suit of armor with like the flowing like ghostly hair to like they were wearing this like blue like uh, I guess robe and they looked different. I was like, whoa. This tells me that either the equipment is going to be customizable, so like whatever equipment you wear is going to change how your character looks, or it means that there is a customization feature to your main character. So like that kind of drew me in because I was like, cool, like I'm not going to have to stare at a character that I don't connect with um uh by looks wise i can actually make it well more you could customize own. in bloodborne and i think again i've only played dark souls 3 i, don't, I haven't played any of the other dark souls but in bloodborne one you got a, like a character customization at the very beginning where you just make your character look any way you want and then there are armor sets in bloodborne see i so, don't i don't remember I don't, that so that's that yeah. that was my thing is just i felt like you know i felt like uh Again, I haven't played a lot of the From Software games, so I'm not trying to say that the, that it's not there in the other games. Right. But that was just something like from when I seen all the trailers, like I didn't get to see any kind of customization or like changes of your looks until this trailer. And I was like, okay, cool, this is in here. I'm right there with you. Like the big freaking, you know, Kamehameha like spell yeah. thing that they did on that uh, the one. A uh, horse boss that they fought like that was sick and like i also really liked the what i saw from the co-op nature of it um because like when i think of the 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 way the co-op nature had worked in the past and again i didn't have too much experience with this so i'm just kind of going off of seeing videos online a lot of it looked like it's more so just like the interference with your own th- 
thing where you can go in and screw with somebody's run or like they help you really quick in this like ghostly aspect and then they kind of move yeah. forward whereas like this one looks like you can almost play co-op if you really wanted to because that person spawned then you saw them like fully in their thing and then they were like running saying like yo come on let's go this way you know i really like that nature i love the little summoning thing uh especially i, I don't even remember like where it happened but like when they were trying to sneak into the castle and the the three axe dudes just like appeared and slammed down and killed that one guy i was just like all right that was sick <laughs> and yeah. so yeah just overall i just thought it was uh it looked really really awesome the presentation did a great job and like i said it totally sold me on the game um i just don't like how from software and bandai did that presentation it just was it just did not feel like it went smoothly <laughs> that's fair that's right. I, 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 was, I didn't get to watch a lot. I was kind of half watching it at work. So um, I, I, I don't know. I could, it felt disjointed to me anyways, because I was doing a lot of pausing and, and playing and playing because I was in the middle of work. But mm -hmm. yeah, no, I'll believe you. I'll take your word for it. It was a bad yeah, get it When you get a chance again, just watch like at least like the first like five minutes again and you'll see what I'm saying. And it kind of, you know, continued like that throughout the whole showing. And I just was like, I, I literally while watching it verbally said god this presentation sucks <laughs> and then like later was like the game looks amazing but this presentation is not great right. um and then uh off of that to kind of talk about it uh we also got a look at the elden ring collector's edition there was also another edition that was shown off but i cannot figure out what that is uh what the edition is called and how much it actually costs, but I know it is uh, Bandai Namco exclusive. But the collector's edition is going to include, of course, the game, a digital soundtrack, a steel book case, a 40-page hardcover art book, as well as a statue of Mil uh, Millennia, the blade of... Mc I don't know how to pronounce this part. Mc Mikella. Mikella, I'm going to say. Uh, that is going for $189.99. And, um, of course, on both systems, uh, for Xbox Series X uh, and Xbox One, of course, you get, when you buy one game, you get it for both. Uh, PS4 and PS5 is basically the same. You get a free upgrade to PS5 if you had, if you get the PS4 version. And, of course, if you get the PS5 version, you get the PS4 version for free as well. Um, Isaac, did you get a chance to look at the Collector's Edition? And what do you think of the Collector's Edition? No, I didn't even look at it. I've never been a collector's edition guy, so I didn't even bother looking at it. Um, they're always super expensive, like you said, $180. Uh, so I, I haven't even looked at it. I'm sure the statue, will, the little statue thing is cool. The soundtrack, I mean, from Solace Music is pretty good for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, if you're into that thing, cool. But me, I, don't, I haven't even looked at it. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm trying to look real quick uh, if I can find the other edition. Because the other edition also came yeah here it is it's the premium collector's edition um oh boy how much is that i that's what i'm looking for that's why i wanted to come over here to to look um okay where that what the heck okay so i literally clicked on it 60 dollars <laughs> is that what it is that what it says that's what i'm saying yeah premium when i clicked on it it disappeared <laughs> yeah scale replica of millennia's helmet it'll be 259.99 oh boy yeah that, that's why i don't even bother with collector's edition i get i will i will admit i get i have only gotten 
technically like one collector's edition i every now but i don't get the true collector's edition that's what i always say so like i'll never get the one that's the most expensive ones because i i'm like i even if i love a game so much i'm not gonna resell my things if i resell right. it it typically is going to be like either to like a GameStop or something or it would be like i'm just selling the game like i'm not gonna sell everything and so like for some people who get the collector's edition you know they think about well down the road i could sell all this for even more money and technically there are people who will buy that but i will buy like premium versions of the game if i really enjoy that game or really like it so like the first one i ever bought was a premium version was final fantasy type zero hd which is actually sitting on my shelf to my left and I think I've made mention of it before too, but I bought the Persona 5 Take Your Heart Edition, which came with like a bag, um, a stuffed uh, um, uh, plushie, and some like different uh, uh, art books and things. And then I got like the premium edition for Final Fantasy 15 and uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake. But I would, I will not spend 190 bucks or whatever the yeah. other premium collector's edition to get this right. stuff, even if it looks cool, because it does look cool. But yeah, I, the only time I buy like a premium version, this it comes with like a like a season pass or a bat or some kind of like yeah, like some kind of season pass end. Mm -hmm. And like I know I'm gonna play that game for a while, but usually no. And, and I don't know if you remember this, but there was a, a while some some people would like or some publishers will put out a collector's edition and it didn't come with the game itself yes <laughs> EA, that was ridiculous ea's battlefield EA. one i remember was that they had that collector's edition but it did not come with the game you had to buy the game you had to still buy it yeah it was ridiculous yeah all right anyway let's get on to our next uh topic and this is ea says they know what the future of the industry is and that is in nft and blockchain games we're going over to pc gamer for this article tyler culp wrote this one and it goes as follows ea ceo andrew wilson said called nft and quote play to earn games the future of our industry but added that quote it's still early to figure out how that's going to work end quote when asked about the topic during the company's earnings call this week quote i think that in context of the games we create and the live services that we offer collectible digital content is going to play a meaningful part in our future uh so it's still early to tell but i think it's really i think we're in a really good position and we should expect us to kind of think more innovatively and creatively about that on an on on a on a go forward basis end quote uh, EA has yet to officially step into the NFT and play-to-earn or blockchain space that's been growing in the past few years. Now, play-to-earn games often require players to pay upfront costs through cryptocurrency to play the game and collect unique in-game items. Those items can then increase in value, obviously, like your stonk market, and be sold to other <laughs> players <laughs> at a later time. It's common for players to also have input on the game's development as their monetary stake in it increases the game's overall value a uh, recent ea job listings include nft and blockchain in the description suggesting that the company is at least aware of the genre surge in popularity a post for a senior director of the company's competitive gaming brand reads quote we set the pace of ea's investment in gaming subscriptions our pc storefront and platform competitive gaming including fifa apex legends and a madden nfl as well as 
new business opportunities, including fantasy sports, blockchain, and NFTs, and more. Earlier this week, Ubisoft announced its plans to develop blockchain games in its own earnings call. Uh, their CEO called blockchain games a revolution in the industry, according to IB Times. We want to be one of the key players there. NFT and blockchain games have been the target of much controversy in recent months. Steam banned blockchain games from its platform. Epic embraced them. A Squid Game-inspired blockchain game that may or may not have even existed was canceled at the same time that its creators pocketed $3.38 million in its tie-in cryptocurrency. So, with that all being said, Isaac, what is your thoughts about this future of the video game industry in NFTs and blockchain? Look, man, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what an NFT is. Well, I have an idea of what it is, but I don't really understand it and how it works and why some of these things are valuable. <laughs> Blockchains have a little, like the bare minimum understanding. So, I mean, I, I don't know how EA is going to use this, this, this technology. I'm sure they're going to use it to just make a bunch of money. Um, because that's what EA is good at, right? Just making a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's hard for me to think because I just I just don't understand. Like I, it's just, it's a non fungible token or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I just don't understand what these things are. So, uh, but go ahead. I was gonna say to try to help you. All right, and and I'm I will tell you I am just as confused on some of these things as other people. I've of course like see it all the time on like my, my Twitter and things of the controversies that NFTs do present. But the idea, the way that was best described to me is to think of it this way: think of like you're in a art museum and you look at a painting of Mona Lisa and you say, "Hey." I want to buy this. And someone in the art museum turns to you and says, well, if you give me $1,000, I will give you this receipt. And so then you get, you pay the $1,000, you get the receipt. You don't get to take the Mona Lisa home because the Mona, you never, you didn't buy the Mona Lisa. What you bought is a receipt to the Mona Lisa that tells that you basically own the space to look at that. Or like to to stand in this area with it, and you can sell that to someone else to then use it. And if not, then like basically they they will illegally look at your painting. You basically like own a spot, or like in the in a sense of this, you would own a link to look at the Mona Lisa, and that's what you own. That sounds ridiculous to me. <laughs> that is not the future of video game. No, I don't. I don't know. I mean, if they're creative with it, if EA, you know, because you know that's what they're known for, right? Being creative. No, I'm just kidding. But if they, if, if they, you know, if they can come up with a creative way to use this technology, I'm all for it. I'm always about pushing the medium forward. Um, so hopefully they come up with something good. But it doesn't sound like we're gonna see any any anything about any sort of game with this feature anytime soon if they're just talking about an investment call and they're just saying this is the future so i will i will tell you oh no go ahead sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you you No, i mean that that was pretty much my thoughts it's hard for me to speak on this because i barely understand what an mt is i i I get what you're saying but it just sounds that just sounds ridiculous to me um so i don't i don't know correct it's hard it's hard for me to talk about this so this is where i this is where my thoughts go into this and again i'm still trying to like really grasp this and stuff but 
and maybe maybe it's because I'm hitting a, a quote unquote boomer age and don't want to see changes right. in, in the industry. But I will say, I feel like this is the early loot boxes fiasco right. about to hit all over again. Like this is just more ways to soak to just squeeze out money for people to play these various uh games or things or whatever they do and i you know i know that uh we don't know what they're going to use but i'm going to use like fifa for instance obviously fifa's ultimate team like you got to pay to get the packs to get the players and you can technically in game sell those cards to people using in-game money think about if that eventually changes using nft and blockchains that now you have to sell and buy with real money or Think of it this way. If there is only going to be 50 Cristiano Ronaldos, obviously in the future, like uh, he's likely going to be retired. (laughs) But let's just say there's only 50 Cristiano Ronaldos that are ever going to exist in that game. Um, So if you don't own Cristiano Ronaldo, you have to now spend money, like actual money, to a person to buy that and obviously the way that i envision eas would do this is they will get a cut of the percentage of that sale so let's say they get you know a 10 percent cut and you sell it for uh 50 well they get five bucks you know from that sale so the person that bought it now gets 45 bucks but still now you are trading that instead of just in-game currencies that you can likely accumulate from you know you know, using FIFA Ultimate Team, doing the challenges where you can accumulate some in-game currency to buy the packs or buy, you know, from the the market. That's what I envision with this. And I don't, I just see this being yeah. a very slippery so- slope that, that is not good. And yeah. like the article says at the very end, you know, using as an example is this, this game that may or may not have ever even existed the creators pocketed $3.38 million from the cryptocurrency that was tied in into the game, the block the blockchain aspect of it, before a game even released. And I know there's a game that I like I want to play. I will admit I'm in the beta for it, but I have not played it. It's this card game that you can play on PC and on phone. And it is just like this. It is a blockchain cryptocurrency where like whatever cards you buy in the game, you own you know, and I'm giving air quotes over here, you own those cards. So you can sell them for real money to other players who may want those cards. And like, at surface level, that sounds cool. It's like obviously thinking about like, if I went to the the comic shop down the street and bought some Yu-Gi-Oh cards, like I own those cards. This game is like you own those cards, like we can't take them away from you. But then I also see again, this just like slippery slope of they could initiate you know a artificial supply and demand for certain things and drive up costs that makes them more money do you get what i mean and like that's where i'm just I do. that's and where i just I, yeah know, man. It, it just con- kind of confirms my initial thought is just ea is going to ea to try and make the most money it can which i mean you know they're private company they can do whatever they want and that's what most companies try to do anyway so yeah it's just EA. Uh, yeah i mean <laughs> Hopefully, you know, they, they they can 
<laughs> be creative and do something cool with this technology but it just seems like a more money making make money making scheme to me so yeah we'll see i guess we'll definitely see obviously we have nothing no inclination of how they're going to implement it just yet this is obviously all speculation from here one thing that's not speculation though is devolver digital is now an a publicly traded company, at least in London, and they got some backing today as that went through. So we're going over to GameIndustry.biz for this article. This is written by James Batchelor, and it is Devolver Digital valued at $950 million as it floats on London Stock Exchange. Uh, Devolver Digital has begun trading on AIM, a sub-market London stock exchange, in a flotation that values the indie publisher at close to $1 billion. The company's stock went live at 8 o'clock this morning. This actually went live on Thursday, so of course... This was yesterday. Uh, and Devolver raised $261 million around its admission to AIM and valuing the company at $950 million, as I said, in line with reports. This makes it the largest ever U.S.-based US company by market capitalization to be admitted to the London Stock Exchange and the second largest company ever to trade on AIM. According to Field Fisher, the European law firm that advised Devolver, the publisher has received, quote, a significant strategy investment from a key industry player, end quote, plus support from U.S. In uh, institutional investors. Well, Game Industry Biz learned that Sony Interactive Entertainment will be making a 5% investment in the company just to put that into perspective people that's basically 50 million dollars that they put into the company um it's kind of going down but going over to another part of the article um let's see here the the money that is going to be raised from this, so the $50 million from Sony, for instance, will be going to the company's expansion plans. It is also including a secondary cash placement of $211 million for management and existing investors, including NetEase, which retains an investment in the company. Quote, an IPO is the right choice for us to ensure our continued growth and support even more wonderful games, said CEO Douglas Morin. More importantly, it will also allow us to retain our culture. Uh, so those that don't know, Devolver Digital was founded back in 2009 and is best known for bringing hit games like Hotline Miami, Loop Hero, Shadow Warrior, and a number of other ones, including Fall Guys. So Isaac, how, what do you think about you know Devolver Digital uh, making these moves and Sony putting that investment into the company? I think it's cool. I mean, Devolver Digital, like you mentioned, they put out a lot of games. They put out, like, a lot of games. And then a lot of them aren't great, you know. There's a few, like, hits, like you mentioned. Um, so it's cool for them to, get, you know, get some backing from Sony. Uh, maybe this means, you know, some kind of exclusive for them in the future. Um, yeah, Death so, Store, I mean, obviously, Devolver Digital as well. Yeah, yeah, I love Death Store. Um, yeah, we talked about it last episode. That's why I brought it back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they put out a lot of solid stuff out there. You know, I don't think I've ever been, like, super blown away by anything Devolver Digital. But, um, well, I mean, you said, like you said Fall Guys there. That kind of took over the gaming space for, what, two weeks? <laughs> I don't know. And then it just got, and then Among Us came out and it just kind of fell off. But, um, yeah, maybe this means an exclusive for Sony. Um, 50 million. I'm sure that's nothing to Sony. So, that, so um, I don't know. Well, I, it's It's hard to say. Mm -hmm. what, what what comes of this so hopefully it just means more more good games from devolver yeah um i will i will say like just again this is kind of personal uh feelings on it and it's also not saying like how you worded it is wrong or anything but 
Devolver Digital puts out a lot of great games. The thing, though, is they don't put out a lot of mainstream games. They're they're an indie publisher. Yeah, true. You know, they publish games from indie makers um, that, you know, want to get their things out there. And Devolver Digital has always been, even, you know, from the day, you know, historically when it was founded all the way to today, uh, they will publish out their games like they're not like oh you got to fit a certain criteria for us to publish your game like they're, they're they will publish they're like you know what this looks interesting <laughs> we're gonna publish it yeah. and um and it's great like i love devolver digital for that uh, of course their e3 presentations always reflect that as well if you haven't seen a devolver digital e3 go watch this most recent one and you'll just get in for a trip that's basically what i can describe um so i think one it's really really cool that they are now a publicly traded company uh because you know that will help them in the long run i always do worry when a company does become publicly traded though how much does that start to influence uh where the company goes so you know again using ea for instance or blizzard for instance uh not only do they gotta of course make their employees happy and their ceo happy but they gotta make their board of trustees happy and they gotta make the those that are investing in their company in the stock exchange happy too, uh the investors so how does that impact things going on now that they're publicly traded in london i don't know I will say for a personal standpoint, again, I'm upset that they're not in the U.S. stock market because as soon as I saw this story, I was like, you know what? I want to buy some stock into Devolver Digital and was like, dang it, I can't. <laughs> I don't have a London stock exchange account. I only got a U.S. stock exchange account. So one of these days, hopefully they will open up here and maybe I'll uh, throw some money their way. But yeah, I think it's really cool. And then the the last part, as you said, uh, Sony... 50 million is probably nothing to them. Uh, so, you know, while for Devolver, it's probably a huge benefit for helping them keep, right. you know, keep things going. Um, obviously, Sony now, with that 5% investment, are a minority stake owner into the company. Uh, but I assume somewhere along the lines they're going to get some uh some exclusive games and it might it might yeah. even be timed exclusive games but there's going to be something that comes out of that 50 million it's not like sony's going to throw five percent is not nothing you know it's nothing for that 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 50 like i said 50 million is probably not a lot to sony but five percent to devolver is not nothing so i'm sure yeah i'm sure sony will get something yeah exactly it's like there's there's no way that sony was just like yeah here's 50 million have fun. <laughs> you know, like there's there's got to be something else coming from that. Uh, let's quickly go over to our next article. And we do have, or I do have a quick update off of when I originally sent this out in the rundown. But we're going to push square for this article. This is written by Sammy Barker. And it is Take-Two scraps Hangar 13's game and writes off $53 million from it. A new project by Mafia developer Hangar 13 has been shelved by Take-Two with the organization writing off fifty. $3 million as a result. The, re the release, codenamed Volt, had been in production since 2017, according to Bloomberg, and has apparently gone through multiple iterations since it was first conceived. According to sources familiar with the decision, as reported by the ever-reliable Jason Schreier, and that was actually in the article, uh, the, quote, current version of the game struggled due to reboots, technological hiccups, and challenges caused by COVID-19. Apparently, the title was billed as 
quote, Cthulhu meets Saints Row, and featured superheroes in, quote, online gameplay. Unfortunately for the team at Hangar 13, Executives Act Take 2 and publishing label 2K Games didn't see the value in completing the project, especially given how much development time would be required to finish it off. Now, here's the quick update I want to say. Of course, here at the bottom, it says employees at the studio will meet with bosses later today. Again, this came out on Thursday uh, to learn what's next for the team and hopefully no layoffs. Uh, Jason Schreier did tweet out earlier today about this and said and i'm trying to pull it up real quickly because i forgot to um i forgot to link directly to it but in in a nutshell uh no one is getting terminated uh so yeah he's he tweeted out today it says hangar 13 management told staff in a meeting this morning that there will be no layoffs following yesterday's uh, cancellation of the big game project sources tell bloomberg now i will say there's there is still a chance some layoffs do come out of this. But, uh, Isaac, what do you feel about, you know, basically this game, it, this Cthulhu meets Saints Row game, uh, never going to come to light now? Games get canceled all the time. You, like, it's very few that, that we hear that actually get canceled. They make, like, you know, that make the news like this one. Um and this one was unannounced, and like I said, this happens all the time, so it's just for whatever reason, this one leaked out. I'm glad to hear there's going to be no layoffs. You know, you never want to see anybody lose their job, uh, but hopefully, you know, they can, you know, just get a, a refresh, a restart, come up with something new, and then, you know, just, just put the game out. Uh, 53 million, you know, that's, I mean, that's a pretty big loss for something that year, you know, you're not going to, I mean, we talked about 50 million for Sony, but you know, that's, they're going to make that back. 53 million loss here. Um, that's not nothing to scoff at, but you know, whatever. GTA makes that for them in a week, you know, so. Yeah, but. So be fine. I'm glad, like I said, glad there's no layoffs, but games get canceled all the time. This is just another one. Um, so you're yeah. right. You're right. Take two will be fine, but Hangar 13 will not be fine because it'll be, it's just like, you know, when you run a grocery store, let, you know, use like, uh, let's just use, um, uh, finish line for instance as stores don't meet their revenue goals and stuff it's not like the the parent company goes oh well you know at least my store in chicago made you know yeah, above no, and beyond no, like you know that's going to be the thing like studios get canceled all the time and take two uh again jason schreier has the book i talked about it before uh called press resets about game closures essentially and studio closures it's a really great book but i mean take two literally shut down a number of studios off of things like this of games being canceled before it ever even comes out and 53 million uh especially for a development studio that's nothing to scoff at you know that's that's yeah. quite a big hit so that's why I know that you know management told them there's going to be no layoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised if in a few months we now hear Hangar 13 has reduced its staff. You know, for some, for instance. However, yeah. outside of that, I will admit I kind of wanted to see this Cthulhu meets Saints Row thing. You know, like you said, we normally don't hear about games that do get canceled behind the scenes. Like sometimes we'll hear about them years later, or we'll get like a a demo that pops up that was like, yeah, here's this unannounced game that was years ago that got canceled. Um, there was one recently. I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, but, you know, things like that, that happen all the time. But when I think of, like, Cthulhu meets Saints Row, and, of course, I I like Saints Row, or at least I liked, uh, I used to like Saints Row and stuff. And I'm not a big Cthulhu person, but I understand, like, the, the lore and concept behind it. And if I remember correctly... Uh, the Sinking City and 
there's another c- game like something with Cthulhu. Both of those have like Cthulhu-esque things in it. Um, obviously, the one that actually has Cthulhu in its name is <laughs> that. Uh, but I and I think it's I find it interesting. So like my mind is like, man, what could have been? And that's what sucks. Um, do you remember? I gotta think. I'm just speaking this off the top of my head. Do you remember that one game? that gets brought up all the time that was like has never been officially canceled if i remember correctly from rockstar it was like agent. what agent agent yeah, yeah yeah like that's what i was like thinking of when i see that when i see this is like you know basically my mind was like man a lot of people are like well like i really wonder what agent could have been you know type of thing i wonder what this cthulhu meets saints row game could have been yeah <laughs> was it agent recently something there was like something recently about agent like maybe they let the trademark expire i don't remember but yeah oh, that, <laughs> that was always weird like they staged it and then they never talked about it again that game it's as well like it's over 10 years ago right oh yeah it's many years yeah. now i don't even know um so then we'll we'll make this last one very quickly um uh, over here now at end gadget uh i honestly don't even know how to pronounce this this writer's name, so I apologize. Uh, but Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 have been delayed indefinitely. Uh, it is now official, so I'm going to read real quick. Uh, Activision Blizzard is once again delaying Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 following months of upheaval at its Blizzard Entertainment subsidiary stemming from the sexual harassment lawsuit the state of California filed in July. The publisher announced during its recent third quarter 2021 earnings call that is pushing those games back to give the teams working on them more time. Quote, while we still while we are still planning to deliver a substantial amount of content from Blizzard next year, we are now planning for a later launch for Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 than originally envisioned, uh, the company said. I'm going to go to a quick um, Twitter post from uh, Steven Tot- uh, Totio, who is with Axios now, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he used to be with Kotaku. Um, he tweeted out an image uh, that was basically kind of from... Uh, um, Activision on this. I don't know why I just had a brain fart from there. And it says on there, update on our pipeline. Uh, as we have worked with our new leadership in Blizzard and within the franchises themselves, particularly in certain key creative roles, it has become apparent some of the Blizzard content planned for next year will benefit from more development time uh, to reach its full potential. Of course, that means Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 are going to be delayed. Uh, these are two of the most eagerly anticipated titles in the industry, and our teams have made great strides towards completion in recent quarters, but we believe giving them extra time to complete production and continue growing their creative resources to support the titles after launch will ensure that these releases delight and engage their communities for many years into the future uh isaac what is your thoughts on this i know we were just talking about the overwatch 2 uh aspect of it um <laughs> now we don't even have a release year <laughs> did we ever have a release year uh technically they have. were technically they were labeled for 2022 okay uh, and, and now, what a shit show Blizzard is right now, right? Like, yeah, just, I'm just so tired of talking about this, but you know, it's 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 an important subject. So, I mean, Jenna Leal departing because she was one of the ones that was recently assigned, you know, like yes, as a lead, right? The first with, with, ever lead in Blizzard's history, and then her just leaving, you know, as the and then leaving, you know, just a, a male. Um, as a lead, you know, yeah. three months um, after as, she well, got as, assigned. Yeah, three, yeah. So, it's, I mean, who knows what happened there? Maybe she was just like 
fuck this, you know, and just and just decided to leave. So who knows? So I think that is very weird. Um, I never expected, as far as the games, I never expected Diablo itself to come out this year. So that's not surprising. And then Overwatch 2, yeah, that one. Like I mean, we talked about it last week. I, I thought that game was almost done. I thought that game was around the corner and ready to go. And then it's just, it's it, what was that? That was two years ago. And yep. it's just... We, we barely get any updates on it. And now with this whole Activision Blizzard lawsuit thing, it just makes it even worse. So I, just, I don't know. I just think it's funny that they delayed two games that they didn't even have announced well, official dates. Um, and then it, it, it delayed them indefinitely. So that's that's just wild to me. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just Blizzard, just get your shit together, man. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know, man. This is just this is just crazy to me. And uh I'm right there with you. As I said last time, we talked about uh, Overwatch too. Like I thought this was, I thought this was coming out very soon anyway. So yeah. I don't know, I don't know why, why it's this so keeps weird. getting delayed. Um, but Diablo Four, again, I, I really hope that everything with Activision gets, you know, taken care of and and fixed um from their structural standpoint that allowed the sexual harassment lawsuit to go through but as a fan of diablo i really want to get my hands on diablo 4 and it just still like drives me nuts that like it just continues to just feel like it's never coming like it's just yeah. it's gonna be that it's gonna be the asian it's just gonna inevitably just keep being a arm's length away before i finally get to play that game um we're running long so we're gonna make this quick so we don't know when Overwatch 2 or Diablo is coming out, or Diablo 4, I should say. But we do know what's coming out next week, and it starts with today, Friday, November 5th. Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Happy Home Paradise DLC coming out for Switch. Call of Duty Vanguard for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. On Tuesday, November 9th, we have Blue Reflection Second Light for PS4, Switch, and PC. Airborne Kingdom for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Disney Classic Games Collection for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Football Manager 2022, Xbox one and pc forza horizon 5 for xbox series xbox xbox one pc uh, jurassic world evolution 2 for ps5 xbox series ps4 xbox one and pc my singing monsters playground for ps5 xbox series ps4 xbox one and switch clunky hero steam early access for pc on wednesday november 10th we got among trees for pc final fantasy 5 pixel remaster for pc on thursday november 9th 11th what did i say ninth thursday november 11th bright memory infinite for pc grand theft auto the trilogy the definitive edition for ps5 xbox series ps4 xbox one switch and pc star wars knights of the old republic for switch uh the elder scrolls 5 skyrim special edition for ps5 and xbox series breakwater steam early access for pc epic che uh epic chef for ps4 xbox one switch and pc uh kinga kinga seeds of civilization steam early access for pc Killer in the Cabin Steam Early Access for PC. And then on Friday, November 12th, we have Shin Megami Tensei 5 for Switch and Punk Wars for PC. Isaac, any of these excite you? Uh Forza for sure. Um, I've been the reviews came out today. It's looking, you know, like it's a really good Forza. Yeah. But Forza is always good, especially the Horizon game. So I'm looking forward to that. Um Bright Memory Infinite is the I'm looking it up right now. If it is the one I'm thinking of, yes, it is. It's the first person shooter sword. Yes, game that I think it's made by one person. Is that is yes. this, this game? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Um, Sky, Skyrim, just let it. Bethesda, like, just let it uh, stop. You know, nobody. Who's still buying Skyrim? I guess somebody. <laughs> My friend. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, that, that's about it for me. Um, uh, 
for yeah. myself. I uh, so the one I'm picking up is uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five. Uh, I've been looking forward to that game since it was announced. So like I'm I'm picking that up. Uh, a game games that I will eventually buy, but not like right at launch is Blue Reflection Second Light. That is an RPG made by uh, Gust, and it looks really cool. And uh, there's a demo currently out on Switch and PS or Switch and PS4 for it. So if you're interested, you can go check that out. Obviously, we'll be picking up Animal Crossing's New Horizons Happy Home Paradise DLC. Uh, and then outside of that, I'm right there with you. Bright Memory Infinite. I thought it looked really cool at the Xbox uh, showcase. I it, this is again just coming out for PC currently. I there is no update on when it is coming out for xbox yet um and then i really really want us to try to convince all our friends to pick up that killer in the cabin game it looks i i almost didn't put it on this list and then i like went and looked it up and was like okay this actually looks really fun it is like a party game it's almost like an among us but it's like you're in a cabin like you're out camping with your yeah. friends and one of you are like trying to kill the other ones like through like I'm slide measures and stuff. Yeah, I'm down to play, but you know how hard it is to convince. Yeah, I know. I know. We 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 got to convince them to go play the uh the the first class trouble game too. So yeah. We probably never happening, but no, yeah. it's not happening. Anyway, that's all we got for this uh episode. Is there anything you want to leave uh, our listeners with? Uh, no. When we playing? We playing Lost Ark this week or what? Did you get the beta? Lost Ark? You got in the beta? Yeah. Started oh. today. Earlier today. I didn't. I did not. So I probably. Oh, you not. signed up for every beta, man. I, I was, I, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I didn't get an email, so I guess I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I can sign up and get into it. But I'm. Uh, I'm hoping that me and you get those emails for the Elden Ring beta because apparently yeah. some of those are starting to trickle out there. It's next weekend, so maybe we get into there because I feel like me and you signed up fairly quickly, but who knows? If not, yell at those other kids. Damn you kids. Anyways, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the One More Game podcast. I've really enjoyed doing this with for you guys. Isaac's really enjoyed doing this for you guys. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeremy Culver, a.k.a. Darcy. This has been Texas's Most Wanted, Isaac Campos, and we really enjoy bringing this to you each and every Friday. Stay hydrated, stay healthy, stay safe, and as always, keep on gaming. We'll see you guys on the next episode.